Hello and welcome to Inside the Admissions Office, your one-stop shop for expert advice on the smart way to get in. My name is Kayla and each episode I'll bring you an interview with a former admissions officer, a graduate of a top college, or an admissions expert. These interviews will take you inside the admissions office and will be full of behind-the-scenes knowledge, first experiences, and application tips that will help you get into your dream school. If you'd like to chat with one of these experts, you can sign up for a free consultation at the link in the description of this episode. But before you do that, let's hear from Kevin DuPont, a former admissions officer from Tufts University, about early applications. Hi, Kevin. Thank you for joining us today. Hi, Kayla. Thanks so much for having me. No problem. Uh, So today, now that early deadlines are quickly approaching, we wanted to talk about early applications once again on the podcast. Uh, But of course, in light of everything going on in coronavirus, some things have changed. Um, So I really wanted to kind of look at what early applications look like this year. Yeah, of course. This is a great time to be having this conversation, starting to really think about early applications and um, really to kind of understand more about we have the, the world we're facing in higher education. Yeah, absolutely. There are a lot of changes going on, and it's really important to kind of understand them if you want to you know, do well in the process. Uh, so to start off, I was hoping we could just go over some basic definitions for maybe people who are beginners to the process, um, so would you mind, first of all, just kind of going over the different types of early application policies? Sure. So there are three types of early application policies. Um, the first one and the one that most people are familiar with is early decision. And that one is a binding option that both the student and their parent or parent sign uh, a legally binding contract saying that they will attend or the student will attend this school if they are admitted. And this is a risk. This is a chance. And ultimately, this is a decision. The student and hopefully the family um, needs to be understanding that this is the school they're going to go to if they, they are admitted. No questions asked. Early action is the more forgiving option. Um, it is a deadline that is not binding and allows students to apply to multiple schools um, and they are not bound to one that they are admitted to. Now, the third one is kind of a awkward you know, step cousin to early action, if I'm going to use, use the term, because it's not early action, but it's not early decision. And one can can pontificate about the 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 um, benefits to this, but it's called restrictive early action. And restrictive early action is the same as the former early action I just spoke about, but only allows a student to apply to one school. And this is a fairly new decision um, opportunity, and remains with. I would say the most select universities in the United States. Um, some of the ones that offer this are um, Harvard, Yale, uh, Stanford, um, 
they all offer these. Now, Princeton had it before and then removed it this year. Um, but this is a deadline that is quite new and is often one that is or was put in place so that these top universities aren't selecting the candidates that the other ones are selecting. Um, you make some can call this selfish, some can call this elitist, some can call this the top universities doing what top universities can do. Mm-hmm. In that sense, is because if a student were to apply to, let's say, Yale and Stanford in this in the early action process, they could be admitted to both schools. Unlikely, yes, um, but it happens. But th- this way, with restrictive early action, the student is not bound. Um, to the school if they are admitted, but also the school is not reviewing 20,000 applications in early action. They're only reviewing a select few because the student cannot apply to to multiple schools. So they only can apply to one and pick that one. Right. And it's kind of a, a way for those schools to protect their yield rates as well, which is obviously very important to those elite schools. For sure. Yield rates, I mean, you can even take it down to um, giving the admissions officer a break from reading so many applications. Um, I can mm-hmm. say from experience, they probably will. We are thankful for that. Um, and so it's definitely a, a different um, application deadline, the REA, but it was some different implications. Um, so I'd suggest that students you know, know that, but don't think about it. In, when they're deciding on um, their restrictive early action applications because it's too much to, to hypothesize about. Right, absolutely. There's definitely, you know, with these three kind of policies, there's a lot of decisions to be made about what is right for you and what's right for the different schools you're applying to. So um, could you speak to kind of, I guess, the thinking and decision-making process behind applying early Maybe, you know, kind of why students apply early in the first place, if there's like kind of a strategy that goes behind it? For sure. Yes, certainly. So um, I think every counselor will have their own um, spin on reasons to apply early. Um, for for me, as, as someone um, who worked at a school that only offered early decision, um, it's a little bit of a different perspective, but I think you know it's it's quite similar to a lot of ingenious counselors. Is that applying early is a great idea for most most of the time, um, and that's because students can f- really focus um, a lot of their work for college applications sooner in a time of year where they have a little more flexibility um, to get these type of work or assignments done. If you think about it. With most regular deadlines being in January, holidays, finals, whatever that may come in December, there's not a lot of time for school applications. So applying early means that students can start this work in August and September and potentially have a lot of their work done quite early. So from a logistical standpoint, it's actually quite nice. From a standpoint of um, statistics, if you want to get into that side of things um, and wish to, there are generally less students applying for more spots in the early rounds. This is especially for early decision, um, but early action, it can also range through four sometimes um, and restrictive early action we spoke about earlier. This is because students are not able to get their applications in 
to some schools in um, the early rounds for whatever reason. Maybe they're not ready yet statistically. Maybe they still need that SAT score, which I know that just that phrase is going to trigger so many people right now. Um, <laughs> or they're still waiting on essays, or they want to see how their grades go in the first term of senior year um, to help them kind of boost their chances. Um, so there's certainly a strategy, but um, ultimately there are less students applying for more spots. And the last thing about applying early that I think is great is it really forces students to think about, do I really want to go to this school? Will I be happy there? Mm-hmm. Especially for early decision where it's one option, it's binding, that's it. Um, the student really needs to love the place they're going to. Uh, that conversation of fit that we talk about is is so important, but it's especially important in an early decision because um, if a student goes there and they get there and they're not happy, they're going to wonder and ponder about what could have been, and that's never fun. Granted, we all do that at some point when we talk about academics, like, oh, what if I went to that school and not that school? Um, but that's, I think, just our minds playing tricks on us. So um, the early decision the decision to apply early decision, I should say, um, is a complicated one. But yes, there is a strategy to applying early for sure. Um, from a numerical standpoint, from a workload standpoint. Um, and, and personally, I think for students who, um, many of our students are international, um, it gives them a little bit more comfort knowing that okay they're going to be moving to the u.s they can start to plan a little farther ahead for our u.s students um it's similar if they're moving across the country or something like that but also it gives them a little bit more time to um kind of prepare any sort of financial related materials or kind of get get their things together um so there's there's definitely a strategy from that side of things as well there's a lot of different factors and kind of benefits i guess to applying early um, one strategy that I think that I hear from a lot of families and that, you know, people will ask me or our counselors is, um, you know, should you apply early to a school that's kind of a reach school because you might have a better chance? So I'm wondering if you can speak to that and then maybe kind of speak to how any of these strategies might be changing to, to COVID and if, you know, the way we think about applying early needs to change as well. Yeah, for sure. Um, so generally in the past, and you know, this is pre-COVID-19, yes, you can say that it's generally been thought that you know, applying early gives the student a better chance of getting in. Now, again, the student has to be really close um, to, for this to, be, to remain true. So um, you know, doing well in school, close with those standardized test scores, or, or um, perhaps um, you know, almost in line with what the school's looking for, but needs just a little bit more. Um, that has been true. You can see some schools, and I won't name them or the, the statistics, but their admission rates in early decision, especially, are much higher. Um, and though you can see the opposite with some schools where their admission rates in early action are much lower for whatever reason. Um, so there are definitely, you know, the, the twos and fro's of applying early, but um, generally, yes, there is a better chance of getting in, like I said before, because there are less people applying for more spots. Um, and, you know, the apl- idea of applying early as a whole 
is something that shows commitment and to a school, whether it's early action or early decision. Um, obviously, that's a varying level of commitment. It shows a level of research and willingness to pursue the university um, because the students had to go and learn more about the school for their essays, for just in general. Um, if they are committed and go to that school, then they really need to know a lot about that school. And it also shows that a student is able to put together a very strong application and um, all of the components of that portfolio early enough in their senior year um, or, or prior to that and, and can do that very well. Now, of course, we engineers help with that, um, but it shows that the student is able to put these things together, um, which is always a, a, a good sign if they're applying in by November 1st. Right. It really kind of, it shows that dedication and with, you know, early decision, especially you're showing that, you know, I am dedicated to going to this school. And so it kind of just helps, you know, with that extra step of being able to prove that you are a strong student and this is, you know, the school that you're really interested in. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I think with early decision this year, because of, of COVID-19, um, everything is, is changing in some ways um, because now students are in kind of very different situations depending on where they live or how COVID-19 has affected their area or how their country, city, state, et cetera, is responding. Um, so I think across the board, again, of course, this is case by case, um, early application strategies are changing because students either one are missing materials in what would be a pre-COVID university application, test scores, um, exams, whatever that may be. Um, students are missing that. And if they wait a little bit longer, they might be able to push through over that threshold um, to get into one of these schools. So some students may, may wait. On the other hand, some students may feel like, I don't know enough about these schools yet because I can't see them. I can't go and see that university or I can't really get a feel for that school. Um, I want to wait and see if I can actually go at some point. And you know, hopefully mm -hmm. COVID will um, allow students to at least maybe go and, and see the campus in some way, or I'm not, you know, maybe I'm a little bit um, optimistic or, or in, in that. Um, but that's a really big part of the, the college application process is knowing and going to see the school. I mean, I know for myself, a few years back, let's just put it that way, a few years back, <laughs> um, I knew when I was going to be going to Brandeis. I knew it's when I got there. It wasn't a, um, a, specific, a specific person or an event that I can recall. I just knew I was going to go to Brandeis. And um, I think many students share that sentiment with the school they end up going to. Um, and that's a really big part. And that will make students a little more hesitant to say, yeah, I'm going to apply early decision and commit to a school. Early action this year is a little bit different because it's not non-binding. The students may want a decision earlier since 
um, you know, there, there's a lot of uncertainties right now and they want to have that answer. So I think we're going to see an uptick in early action applications this year to the schools that offer it because that non-binding option yet with a potential security later in the year of having a decision um, that they can use if they need to and they can take the five months um, to, to make the decision in a time of COVID. Um, you know, that's a, a great luxury to have. And so I think there will be more early action applications to those schools. Um, and if a student doesn't need to submit test scores, they can just, you know, they can write a personal statement, they can do the applications, they can write the supplements, if any, and hit the submit button. Now, of course, having test scores is much preferred um, and, and will be of, you know, a lot of help to students' applications. Um, that is something that students are, are, are thinking about. Um, again, bottom line, underline, bold, italicize, big font, test scores are helpful. They are your friend. Mm -hmm. Well, most of the time. <laughs> right, right. And we've, we've talked about this on the podcast before is that, you know, even though they are optional, they are always still good to have. Um, you know, there is nothing harmful about having a high test score. Right. And I, I won't go into that because it's not the date of our conversation today. Um, I'll digress. <laughs> but yes, agree. Absolutely. So do you think, you know, and I, I definitely agree with your predictions that I can understand I think a lot less students will apply early decision, you know, making any binding agreements right now, um, you know, is very difficult for anyone. Um, so do you think, you know, these potential change in numbers, you know, maybe less ED applications, more EA applications, do you think that will change how colleges see these applications or maybe how much they use them? I think it's kind of common thought that schools often rely kind of heavily on early applications to fill up their class and to protect that yield. Um, so do you see that changing at all? I think so, yes. Um, and this is obviously something that um, is my professional opinion. So um, it doesn't refer, reflect back on any of my prior experiences. I've been working with a lot of different schools this year and in my prior years um, as, as a counselor. And so I do feel like schools will be more willing to admit students in the early decision round because it does lock in those students. It does lock in the, the financial aspect. Um, some stu most students can't see the financial aid package before they're admitted. So that can factor into things as well. Um, and schools can lock in knowing, okay, we're gonna have, let's say, 500 early decision admins. We're going to have 500 students. They are coming full stop. And we know what we can lock in financially. Right. So I definitely think that is something that's going to be playing in. Um, I think that's a really good point. I think, um, you know, in previous episodes, we talked to Jose and he kind of talked about, you know, thinking about colleges and universities as a business and they need to protect you know their mm -hmm. financials as well and i think that's a really good point about early decision is you know schools aren't happy that a lot of students deferred you know it kind of messes with their numbers and their financials so being able to rely on those students that are bound to go into the school next year who you know that money is locked in um, that is something really interesting to think about 
It is, and and um, you know, I'm sure this has been said before, but students who defer are taking up spots for this year's seniors. This year's seniors are really getting the, the crunch in the admissions process. But um, from the the early decision conversation, where um, you know schools are are seeing some some differences, to go to the early action side of things, um, I think students are are going to see a lot less early action admissions because um, when a school can say, yes, we, we want a student, but the student can say that, you know, no, we don't want you. And, and I guess to use the same verbiage um, that leaves the school with an open seat. And um, that's not something they want, especially this year where their incoming freshman classes are, are going to be very, very small um, and also behind a computer screen. And so um, neither of which is what these schools want. And these schools are here, even if they are, you know, in some way a business, these schools are also here to give a student a great education. And they are there to educate and also to keep students safe, of course. And so... I really do feel like um, if a student is applying early action, the schools will not be as as warm as they may have been in the past. Um, so that's how I think these decisions are kind of being shaped. Um, one note to also make on that is I do feel like private universities will see a little bit more of a um, change in their statistics with early decision and early action this year in public. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm maybe Jose went into this, but I'll say it briefly and then, you know, we can, we can amend accordingly. But when the, the public universities have the support of the state and the state government and that financial solvency, the private universities don't have that. And so that can really change things in terms of how many students are admitted early decision to a private university where the tuition and the funds that come from students being on campus or even just enrolled is, is a bit more needed because they don't have that financial backing, also known as an endowment, um, that a public school has. So we might see, again, I'm hypothesizing, pontificating, if you will, that um, a private school might be more accepting in this year's early decision round than a public school. Again, I'm hypothesizing, but um, that is, I think, what we're expecting. Yeah, I think those are all really interesting points. And I know, you know, when I was applying to college that the financials of how the college worked were never things I was thinking about. I didn't think how that would affect admissions. And, you know, especially with everything going on right now, I think it's you know, it's really important to think about that context and to realize the other factors that are going into these schools' decisions. It's and it's something that I don't think um, students and families think about, and I don't blame them. Um, mm -hmm. I didn't think about it either, um, but it's something to think about now because we are seeing higher education in such a different light. Um, um, than we ever have before. And I mean, this has been a trend that has been changing over the last few years for various reasons. Um, higher education now is 
so different than what it was just a year ago um, because of how students are going to school and what campuses look like. And so I think the understanding of the um, inner workings of higher education or of a higher education institution um, is, is going to change. I think students and families should be aware of, of kind of what um, this looks like for the, for the school, um, especially our international students, because they are coming from a lot farther away, a different culture, different background. Um, they will need to know what, what their school um, is, is kind of working with. That's, I think, an important thing, because um, they're putting a lot of trust in this college or university to, to give them this new chapter in their life thousands and thousands of miles away. Um, so I think it's, that's a very important conversation to think about. Yeah, absolutely. And especially, you know, with tuition prices so high, you know, you want to be sure that you know what you're getting. Um, and also just how it affects strategy, you know, things we've been talking about with, you know, schools might be accepting more students from early decision. So does that mean you want to apply early decision? You know, these are a lot of things to think about and, you know, strategize with as you go into your application. Yeah, for sure. Um, and every single decision about which school a student is applying to is a personal one. Um, no student has to apply early decision or early action. It's ultimately up to them and um, they need to feel fully confident in their decision um, because they don't want it to, you know, come back around later and maybe they're, they said, oh, well, what if I did that? Again, like I said earlier, um, they want to feel fully 100% confident in their decision um before moving forward absolutely um so speaking of kind of you know how colleges are navigating all of this and you mentioned this earlier that um princeton actually removed their restrictive early action or i think they called it um like one choice early action or something like that Mm -hmm. um and they removed it this year due to COVID 19 so I'm hoping you can just kind of speak to that and why Princeton may have made that change and how changes to policies like that can, you know, help students or impact students at all. Yeah, I think, and I give, I give Princeton credit for taking such a big step because it's not something that schools do very often. Mm -hmm. Um, I think schools are making this decision because Ultimately, they, just like I said, you know, a few moments ago, need to feel confident in their class, in their incoming class for which will be our seniors now next year. And mm-hmm. with a restrictive early action that is not necessarily binding on the student's decision, the schools can't be confident in their class they could admit 1000 students and only one comes that's not going to happen for a school like princeton hi you know it's not gonna happen um but it could and so this that scares the schools the the what if conversation comes into play and so i think removing the that policy gives schools or gives princeton in this case the conversation um a little bit more security in that when they admit students in the regular decision round, yes, it's still not binding, but at least there can be a little bit more security from the school's aspect. Um, They know that they can admit these students, they have this many spots, um, and they're not waiting for many more months 
Right, right. It kind of just gives the school some more options. Yeah, some more options and a little bit more time, too. They can kind of see how the fall goes and, you know, see what the their what their student bodies like what you know how many students are um on campus if students are, are moving things around in the spring the schools will know that and to kind of answer the second part of the question as well i think removing this policy allows students to reflect a little more on is this school the right choice for them and um learn more about Princeton in this case, or any other school if they were to do this either. Um, and to be able to really craft a strong application or gives them a little more time to prepare their materials. Maybe they don't have that, that, that test score yet, but they can do it in that time that would have been lost if there was an early application deadline. Now, if a student is maybe not so sure about Princeton um, and wants to apply somewhere else first in the restricted early action period, um, Yale, Stanford, et cetera, they could, and then try Princeton later on. Um, so the students could have kind of the best of both worlds. Um, so that's another kind of aspect that could help the students if they can't decide. Um, and that can, that can be hard. Um, I, I completely understand, understand that. So that could also be a benefit that, you know, maybe the, the students weren't thinking about before. Right, right. It's really all about, you know, I think, you know, it's important that schools are kind of changing up their policies so that they can, um, you know, just accommodate for all of the changes and, you know, make sure that the students are making you know, the best decisions and the best applications possible. Yeah, for sure. And, um, you know, with students all over the world in different situations, I think um, colleges and universities in the U.S. are doing their best to accommodate everyone because um, every single application is going to be different this year. Um, I feel for the admissions officers. I truly, truly do. Um, yeah. And because um, we, we don't know what's really going to happen this year. Right, right. There's really so many unknowns, even for people that are working for these universities. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. So before I let you go, seeing as, you know, like I mentioned at the very beginning, deadlines are approaching um, and we've been talking kind of a lot about, you know, upper level strategy and everything today. But I was wondering if you have any just general application tips or things to share with students as they you know, prepare their applications to submit soon. Yeah, um, I think for the early applications and just applications in general, um, for, for the students is there is take your time because thoughtfulness and, um, having a genuine perspective of oneself, of the process is, is going to come across in the application. That is really, um, an important component that, um, sometimes students miss in their applications. And so while, yes, we're talking about, oh, it's, you know, we're, we're six weeks or five weeks or whatever, weeks away from the application deadline, it's like, yes, okay, there's some sense of urgency, but don't force it. If it's not there, don't force it. Everything will be okay. Deep breaths. It will be, it'll be all right. 
Um, so I think that's the first thing is, is, is you know, coming across with that um, genuine aspect, but also not forcing it. I think the next thing to do for, for students is use this time wisely because yes, things are uncertain all around the world. There are concerns, there are new kinds of stress that we that none of us have witnessed before, felt before. But know that this is a time where students are really able to reflect on themselves and feel like, yeah, I do need that additional time to improve my, to hopefully improve my tests. Or my writing is, is strong. I can submit a good essay, but maybe my score in that one class wasn't the greatest. I need that more time. This is a time to really be reflective and honest with yourself and say, hey, mm-hmm. I, I need that a little more time to get into, to hopefully get into my, my, my dream school. Um, so, so using that time wisely and being reflective, I think is, is a important thing for, for students. And then the last thing that I have, and I tell this to all of my students, um, is that yes, we're applying early and, you know, this is exciting. Um, and we're all very excited for you and always here to help. But the important thing to note is that this year is going to be different. And so while we're always talking about different um, points of data or um, this school versus that school, it's going to be a year where we're all going to have to be flexible um, and understand that there will be questions we can't answer and situations that we weren't ready for, hopefully in a good way. Mm-hmm. but that we will have to you know, really make sure that we're, we're ready for anything at this point. Um, because that's, I think, what, what's ahead of us um, in this process, in, in life, perhaps, and in the college application process. Um, you know, we don't know what's ahead. And so, and so being flexible, you know, so again, taking those deep breaths and, and just taking everything in, in stride. Um, is going to be very important in order to to achieve what what they want. Yeah, I think that's that's really good advice, kind of for any year. You know, the college admissions process is always kind of mysterious and a big question mark. Mm-hmm. But obviously, this year more than ever, that's very true. Um, so I think that's really really great advice. Thanks. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on. Um, I really enjoyed this episode and learned a lot and I hope everyone enjoyed listening too. So yeah, thank you so much for coming on. My pleasure. Thanks so much for having me. I had a blast as well. Um, Hopefully everyone enjoyed hearing the sound of my voice. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And uh, yeah, thanks Kayla. And of course, good luck to all of our early applicants out there. Yes. Good luck. Remember deep breaths. It'll be okay. (laughs) Yes. And as everyone starts working on those applications and really meeting their deadlines, just a reminder of the rest of the resources we have for you all. Uh, We have some really great articles about applying early, some last minute tips and editing strategies for your applications. So I'll link our blog below. Um, Our counselors like Kevin are obviously here to help all of our students that work with us. So if you'd like to learn more about working with us and our counselors, uh, you can sign up for a free consultation below, find our social media links, my email, everything like that. 
Uh, but that is all for now. I hope you'll join me next week as we continue our journey inside the admissions office. Thank you.